there. Welcome to the Female Empowerment Podcast. My name is Carly, and I'm a big believer in actively bringing about more goodness to our communities. It feels good to know that we're not alone and that someone else out there has experienced the same challenge we're facing now. Whether those challenges are related to business, motherhood, or general life as a woman, this podcast is a platform that I've created to allow women to share their inspirational stories and greatest business tips to help make your day just a little bit better and your life just a little bit easier. Keep listening to learn from our amazing guest of the day and be sure to share this episode with a friend. Hi, welcome back to the Female Empowerment Podcast. We took a short break, but now we're back, and I'm so pleased to introduce you to today's guest, Dawn Bates. Dawn Bates is an author, publisher, coach, and mentor. She's a leader motivated by truth and a strong moral compass. She has her own podcast titled The Truth Serum. Dawn aims to make waves of positive change in the world. Utilizing her strong talent with words, She writes books to reveal the injustices and corruption in society, beginning with her own experiences. She also mentors and publishes the books of others who have likewise experienced oppression, inequality, and abuse in their lives, sharing their stories to educate and empower all those who read them. Today, Dawn is with us to share more about feminism, her story, and what started it all. I can't wait to share her fiery spirit with you, so let's just jump right in. Thanks so much for being here and talking with me today, Dawn. I'm really excited to have you share your story with our listeners. And I know that you're going to be able to give a lot of really great advice to help empower and inspire them. So I'm just so excited to have you here. Likewise. Thank you for having me on. (laughs) Um, If you don't mind, I'd love to just start and have you share your story, share your background, and some of the things that you've been through that have kind of brought you where you are. Um, I'd love to just give our listeners like a glimpse of of your history okay well where would you like me to start really I've uh I've been in business since I was 21 I always knew I would be in business yeah (laughs) there is so many hats and I think once you've been in business this long and running your own you know and mentoring and coaching people I, I mean my first business was a software development media marketing company Uh, Then I set up a business-to-business networking organization. We had multiple locations across the UK. Um, And for the last three years, um, I've been sailing around the world writing books because 10 years ago, I wrote my first book pretty much as a flippant comment to... um, I kept getting asked so many questions and they were the same questions. And, oh, I'm just going to write a book and you'll just have to read that. And... Then I sat down and wrote the book and here I am, five books, almost five, well, four published books in that are mine, five that I'm published under my own publishing company and uh, I've probably got about another six coming out before the end of the year. Wow, that's amazing. Hmm. Yeah, bit of a journey, but, you know, it's, I mean, it's not all been plain sailing. I mean, I know that's a bit of a pun because you know back in uh, 2008 when 2007 how old is my youngest son yeah he was born in 2007 um I nearly I was given 24 hours to live with him and I remember lying in the hospital bed um thinking do I want to continue the business that I'm currently in and I was like no I did not want to continue it so that was a huge game-changing moment um so I sold the business 
um, took four years off, went to live in Egypt, thought we were going to get a break, but ended up living in the Egyptian uprising, which is when I wrote my first book. Um, then we went back to the UK and I saw what was being reported on the Egyptian uprising. I went, right, that's it. I'm writing another book. Um, <laughs> not having all these lies being spread. Wrote my second book. Started life as a single mum because shortly after I arrived back in the UK, my ex-husband, well, my now ex-husband said to me, I want a divorce. Embarked on the journey of becoming a single mum whilst reintegrating into my own country, um, you know, in the middle of setting up a business, looking at building a family home. Total curveball, hit me like a ton of bricks. And it was like, how do I navigate this? How, you know, I've been with him 18 years never saw it coming, two boys, just come back to my own country and not the same person. Um, and then, lo and behold, I got arrested and uh, thrown in a police cell for two and a half days and then ended up having to fight a court case on top of it. Oh, my God. So, it was, um, yeah, it was a bit of a journey. But, you know, as women, we're made of stuff. We... Um, and I'm not going to allow anyone to beat me. I'm not going to allow anyone to bully me. And, you know, the way I raise my children is the way I choose to raise them. And my eldest, I mean, to give your listeners an idea, I was actually arrested and charged with um, two counts of willful neglect and abandonment and a disturbance of the peace because I had left my two children alone in a car um, while we were on a road trip um, for 10 minutes while I walked up the pathway to check the opening times and the cost of a family ticket my eldest was actually 12 and a half years old legally old enough for me to pay him to look after his younger brother who was eight and a half and um the only reason why the handcuffs went on is because i spoke to my children in arabic um before that um the police officer was just trying to railroad me um but yes, it was uh, an interesting time, very interesting time because, you know, when you're a single mum and you're on a road trip or you're taking your kids to the park, there are going to be moments where their kids are on their own. Mm -hmm. Took the boys longer to walk to school than it did those 10 minutes I was away from the car. So, yes, so. definitely a lot of red flags already and that's what your second book is about is that right no my third book crossing the line is about what happened in scotland because this was only five years ago uh, and you know this is the thing it's i was in the middle of setting up life again and then i got thrown another curveball now i could have been somebody who allowed the the system to get to me i could have allowed a victim mentality to take over I could have um, gone into victim mode and gone into drama and all of that. I'm like, no, absolutely not. You know, I did nothing wrong. You know, like I said, if, you know, if I if my boys had been walking to school, I mean, that takes them 15 minutes to walk to school. They are really well adjusted streetwise kids. Had I have left them in downtown city, you know, drug ganglands, 
yeah, kind of I'd agree with the police that, you know, mm-hmm. not a wise move. <laughs> but that's not what happened. And I wrote my third book to expose the corruption and the injustice that happened so that I could give hope and vital information to people who would possibly be experiencing the same thing, but also parents that are either going through a transition, becoming a single parent and wanting to set up a business. Yes. Oh my goodness. You've been through so much and you've only, this is just the very tip, tippy top of the iceberg to your story. It definitely paints a picture that you've been through lots of different challenges, yet you're still, like you said, not playing the victim. You're playing the hero. You're writing books. You are giving a voice to people who don't know what to do, don't know how to navigate these types of challenges and giving them the courage to speak out when wrong things happen to them like it has happened to you and I just didn't happen to me though and this is one thing I think that where we fall into um, mistakes we think that things happen to us when in fact they're actually happening for us Um, and I think what we need to do um, predominantly as women Um, and mothers is remember that we have a pair of ovaries you know we're not people that you know ovaries are the creation and we're we're always told grab life by the balls and no I don't have them I've got ovaries you know like they're powerful that's where that's creation right there and we're so powerful but we've allowed other people and society and religions and other women to put us down and I'm just like no absolutely why would we do that why would we sabotage each other why would we sabotage ourselves you're amazing Yes, so much. You're so inspiring. I love that idea that things happen for us and that we can see them as opportunities. Much easier said than done, of course, but I love that I that idea and something I'm going to practice more of thinking about things as happening for us. And I'm just so impressed with how you have navigated your life so far. And that brings me to ask... Um, your opinion on feminism because there are some like incorrect (laughs) beliefs and definitions out there. I would just love to like hear your thoughts on that, what you are seeing now that is an incorrect view on feminism and how you would define it. You can probably hear me giggling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think feminism has been hijacked. (laughs) I think there are far too many women out there that um, are very wounded They're just looking for any reason to fight for something um, and they don't actually really fully understand what's going on and because they're so angry, they're sitting in the blame game in the victim mode. Um, And we have to remember that, again, men haven't done these things to us. Okay, We have allowed it to happen. Um, And I know that's really controversial, but, hey, I am a molecule-shaking speaker. Um, I think we've given up on truth-slaying because that, again, is just now a a new buzzword. Um, But you, you have women fighting for things that we've already got. 
Um, they're angry, they are upset with the world. And yeah, the world is in a bad place in a lot of ways. But we've allowed ourselves to believe a rhetoric or we've allowed ourselves to believe certain things about women. And we've allowed ourselves to believe certain things are true. We have borrowed these beliefs from our parents. We've borrowed them from society, from our religions, from our culture, um, from the media. For example, when you set up in business or, um, you know, people go, oh, that's really hard. Most of the people that have set up in business, sorry, that most people that will tell you, oh, it's really hard, most people fail, are the people who have not set up in business. And you've got all these people that are going out looking for jobs that really want to set up a business. Well, instead of looking for a job, look for some clients. Feminism is about really, truly, you know, looking at how we can be of service. We're a very caring, nurturing um, gender. You know, the feminine energy is all about receiving. It's all about flow. It's, you know, and it's about higher levels of service where the masculine is very much a doing, very much, you know, uh, um, very analytical. It's very much in the, in the doing, doing, doing. And we're hustling all the time. And when you look at the way in which you, you look at the very start of feminine, what were we fighting for? We were fighting for our vo voices. We were fighting for our right to vote, to actually have a say in how our societies were run. And then when you look at what's happening now, I kind of go, well, why are you fighting for that? We already have that. We already have freedom of speech. We already have these rights. We already have the opportunity to earn as much as we wish to. So, but you are choosing to stay in a situation. You are choosing to stay in a job or you're choosing to stay in a relationship that's not serving you and you're angry about it. And therefore, you're going to find someone to blame. Feminism isn't about playing the blame game and pointing the finger. Feminism is about finding a solution and working together instead of hating on each other. And one of the things when we look at women, when they're, when they're in their divine feminine, and, and again, looking at the feminine and the masculine, both men and women have the masculine feminine energies. But when we see other women being jealous and spiteful, um, resentful of what other women are achieving, it's like, well, why would you do that? And that has become the basis of feminism, hating on other women for being successful or Say, you know, if a woman is beautiful and a woman is allowing a man to um, support her or allowing a man to provide for her, then, oh, well, she's not, she's not a strong woman. But the thing is, we don't know what's going on in that space. It's understanding that when you're in your divine feminine, you allow yourself to receive support. You allow yourself to be supported. You allow yourself to receive all the goodness but when you step into your divine masculine that's when you're in the doing mode you can be alpha and you can be all of those things 
Well, so many powerful ideas here. I just have a lot of thoughts. Um, like the idea of feminism isn't putting men down. God, no. But, that's emasculating men. That's yeah. just causing more problems. <laughs> that's kind of what we've been seeing a lot of is uh, women putting other people down or other situations down instead of getting together to raise each other up. And women definitely have a lot of influence over that. That's a powerful idea to think that, yes, there are a lot of things that may seem unfair, like women get paid less in some businesses or companies, and you can choose to stay in that company, or you have the power to leave that job, that position, and go mm. somewhere else where they will pay you better, they will treat you better. That is out there. And if you're not finding it, you can create it. Like you have the Absolutely. power to do that. Um, that's a very eye-opening idea that I don't think people often see that perspective because there's such what? a skewed idea. We should influence change and be like, this company shouldn't be treating women this way or other minorities this way, but we also shouldn't subject ourselves to stay there if things aren't changing. We have the opportunity to leave and we can create opportunity for ourselves. And it's just like a mindset being able to perceive things that way and have the courage to take that step. Way Absolutely. said than done, of course, but... Um, but it's not. It's a choice. That's the thing. And that's the thing that women are not understanding, that the only reason why this goes on and the only reason why, um, you know, I mean, I've been doing gender equality and inequality for a good 20 years, not just in the Western world, but in the Eastern world. You know, whether you're looking at it from American point of view, British, European or Arabic. I mean, I, I, I've spent a lot of time in the Arab world and a lot of people will think that women in the Arab world are oppressed. I tell you what, yeah, you, you'd be thinking very wrong in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, that Those women, like, poof, you won't want to argue with them. And I'll share a story with you that these women that we see on social media today having their businesses. Look at some of these women that have got tens of thousands of followers or um, when you look at their followers, because you can check their followers, a lot of them, a lot of these women are there with the boob shot or, you know, their peachy backsides and what have you. But when you actually look at the people who are engaging properly on a business level and you remove all the men that are just in it for a peep show, they don't really have that many followers. And this is the thing is that we are devaluing ourselves in so many ways. When we choose to stay in an organization that does not pay us the amount of money we wish to be paid, we are allowing that to happen. How many women go into a company or how many people actually go, how much, what kind of lifestyle do I want? And this is where we get it all back to front. We don't go, okay, what do I want in life? How much is that investment going to be? And then work backwards. We go, right, okay, what jobs are out there? Oh, what? We look at a job, oh, that's 100000 a year. I'm not worth that much. I'll just go for the 20000 job a year. We don't look at the jobs that are 100000 200000 a year and go, well, I could actually do that. I could do that job. I could do that job. Well, I actually know what that means. And if we don't know what that means, we don't actually invest in ourselves to actually be able to get that job. We just accept 
the mediocre or the lower than because that's what we have allowed ourselves to be conditioned to think about ourselves. That's true. Mm -hmm. I've definitely even had some of those same mental processes. (laughs) Like, yeah, (laughs) this definitely happens. Absolutely, it does. I mean, I've been working with women for 20 years. And every single woman that I've worked with at some point or another, even the high-end coaches that do have the five and 10 figure uh, coaching programs, I'm like, okay, what's your next level? What's your next level life look like? Make a list. What is it? How much do you want to be investing in your clothing? How much do you want to be investing in your knowledge? What kind of house do you want? What kind of um, holidays do you want? Do you want to go to the spa every single month? What kind of food do you want? Okay, how much is that worth? What's the investment? Okay, how many hours do you want to work? How much is your knowledge worth? Because even um, today I had a coaching call with somebody and we were looking at the price of her program. And when we got down to it and I said, well, when you, because she was going to value it at a certain rate, I said, okay, well, you've got this many modules and that's this much of your time. So if we take the price that you've just said and we divide that by the amount of hours you've spent on this, that actually comes out to $4.72 an hour. But this woman was earning over $30 an hour at one point. What's the minimum wage? When you look at the amount you invest in it, your time, the equipment and the marketing and then the delivery of it, that's what women are not valuing. They're just accepting because they feel less than, and then they're blaming the men because it's the men's fault. We cannot go through life blaming everybody else for the life that we have. We are allowing that choice to be bestowed upon us. We're allowing that to be put on us. I could have allowed the Scottish police to tell me that I was a bad mother because I left my children in the car for 10 minutes. What that police officer didn't realise was the lifestyle and the way in which I had parented my boys to make sure that, you know what, they're really competent uh, young men. They're more competent at the ages of 12 and 8 than most 22-year-olds are and 18-year-olds. Wow. Those are some really, really powerful ideas. And it reminds me of... I'm a very powerful woman. (laughs) 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 And I own it. And that's the difference. Wow. That leads me to, I was wondering as I was preparing for this call, like how, what led you to step into your own and be able to take this power? Were there events? Have you always had a knack for confidence and feeling this way? Was there someone that inspired you? Um, How have you been able to get to this place mentally? Um, I watched my mum work three jobs just to put food on the table. Um, I watch a lot. Um, I, my mum always told me that, um, don't let anyone bully you. And we say to our kids, don't let anyone bully you. We're always going on about being bullied you know, the bullies are wrong and there are no bystanders in bullying, okay? Mm-hmm. If you see someone being bullied in any way, shape or form and you don't do anything, 
you're as guilty as the bully because you're allowing it to happen. And I've all, my mum used to say I was a stubborn little madam or an independent little madam. And I have always had um, this thing where I'm not going to allow someone to bully me because my mum told me not to allow anyone to bully me. And I'm too scared of my mum, to be honest with you. I mean, I might be 42, but she scares the crap out of me. Um, and my mum always told me, um, always do your best. And as long as you do your best, no one can ask anything more of you. Um, and maybe I take things too literally, but I've never allowed myself to be pushed around ever. Not by the girls at school. Um, and there have been times when I have been violated um, by man. And that was a very hard thing to deal with. And that's partly what my next series of books is about. It's about the violation of woman by man and the violation of man by man. Um, and... Um, when you go through something like that or you face your own mortality or you're somebody who doesn't like to see other people hurt, I don't even like, I'm the kind of person, if I see a dog hurt or a horse hurt in a movie, I cry. You don't hurt dogs and you don't hurt horses. I'm very, I feel pain. I'm one of these people that I can watch something sad or really happy and I just burst into tears. I want to see everybody happy. So if I see someone bullying someone else, I will stand up for them. And I think because I do it with confidence, that takes a while to get to that point. But it all comes back to do I matter? Does what I think matter? Does what I have to say matter? And if I say I do matter, then nobody else is able to tell me I don't. And if I say that I want something, who's anybody else to tell me that I shouldn't have that? And I can't think of a time when I haven't always gone after what I wanted. Because I also remember when I was younger, there was, um, I used to work in a town 20 minutes drive away from where I grew up. And my mum would drive me um, and we'd always drive by this house. And she goes, you know, I really wished I'd bought that and done that up. I really wish. And she was one of those I really wished I'd done kind of people. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I don't want to be that kind of person. I love my mum. She's one of, she is the most inspiring woman I've met on a very different level um, but I don't want to be one of those women that get to the end of their life going, I wish I had done, or one day I'm going to. I don't want to be a one day. I want to be the woman that says, do you know what? When I was there, we did this. I want to be the exciting grandma. I want to be the granny that's there having it large with my grandchildren and inspiring other women and inspiring my granddaughters and inspiring me my great granddaughters I came here to leave the world in a better place than the way I found it and the only way I'm ever going to do that is if I stand up and I say this matters I matter you matter we matter 
and we are not going to be bullied and we are going after everything we truly desire because we wouldn't have that desire if it wasn't meant for us in the first place. That's true. That's really incredible. It sounds like um, where you, how you've gotten to this point so far has been kind of a combination of being inspired by your mom, observing her. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of this is also very natural to you. But yeah. also... You I'm Sagittarian. Can- I got fire in my belly. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and that's a very natural gift that you have. I'm really glad that you're expanding on that and using that for good in the world. Um, it also sounds like you have taken initiative to plan for the future. Like in this situation, I'm going to react this way. I believe this. And so- no, I, I disagree. I don't, I don't really think about stuff, I, to be honest with you. Um, I know that probably sounds a bit daft. Um, I always know what I want. And I'm just going to go with it. And I just keep putting one foot in front of the other, to be honest with you. I I have no idea how things work out, to be honest. I just, you know, I like when I, I come up with these ideas, I go, oh, this would be a really great idea. Let's go do that. And then I find myself kind of going, oh, dear. Oh, oh how do I do that? Oh, I don't know. Well, I've got to figure it out. Um, (laughs) or I'll open my mouth and say we should do this and the next thing I know I'm being invited to do something or I'm you know a friend or someone said Dawn you said you were going to go do this and I'm like yeah I know I did and they're like well how far have you got I'm like well you know Um, and I think just having a hell yes excited let's go do it kind of attitude but also, I don't want people to think that just because I'm a Sagittarian and just because I am a strong woman, I choose to be strong. I choose to be confident. It's all about the choices we make. I choose to get out of bed every day and be excited and grateful because I woke up. Most pe- a lot of people go to sleep and they go to sleep feeling sorry for themselves. We have nothing to feel sorry about. If we are able to get up out of bed in the morning, whether we're getting up out of bed to get in a wheelchair or whether we're getting up out of bed to put a nebulizer on or whether we're, we are still alive, we still have the opportunity to make a change in the world. But we have to choose it. And people do not consciously choose. They allow things to happen to them. Instead of going, okay, well, this went wrong. How do I turn this from a negative into a positive? How can I choose to be excited? How can I choose to be powerful in this moment? Too many people love the victim. Too many people love their own drama. Too many people love making excuses. And the difference between me and them is because I go, you know what? I haven't got time for excuses. I got a dance. I got a giggle. I, I got stuff to do. I've got children to lead. I've got my two boys watching every move I make. And the moment I choose to be a victim is the moment I give them permission to be victims. The moment I choose drama over empowerment is the day I give them permission 
to choose drama and to get caught up in the negative Nancy or the, the taking Tanyas, as I call them, or the spiteful Sallies. The moment you choose to disempower yourself is a day you give your children permission to disempower themselves and to disempower others. Because everybody has a role model and everybody needs a role model. And I am never going to let my two children down. My children are watching. My nieces and nephews are watching me. And I'm not going to let them down. And I'm not going to let myself down. And I'm not going to let my mum down. And all those people that believe in me, what right do I have to let them down and say, you know what, your belief in me is false. Your belief in me is not warranted. That's incredible, really powerful. And I love how you reiterated that we have the opportunity to choose. I think that's kind of what I was trying to express before to support choice of words. But I love that. Like, um, we can make choices. We can choose to find the positive in situations. And we can also choose now what we stand for. And so when opportunities come where some people may have to decide in that moment what they stand for. We've already already decided. And so there's not even a question about it. It's, no, I'm not going to lower my standards or do something that will hurt me or my family or put myself mm. down below someone else because I've already chosen to rise above this. And I've already chosen to believe that I am worthy to get through this. and um, things like that. Like I'm choosing, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get involved in drugs in my life. And so when that opportunity comes, I'm going to say, no, thank you. And (laughs) things like that. Wow. I did get involved with drugs way back when. Absolutely. And I had some of the best nights of my life. And I tell you what, it opened neuro pathways in my brain. I'm not perfect. I don't pretend to be. I'm a, you know, do I regret taking drugs? Not at all. Not at all. Do I, I met some really lovely people. I had some, like I said, I've had some of the best nights of my life on, off my face on drugs. But do I still do it now? No. Was that something I did before children? Yes. You know, and I've been very open about it in my first book. And this is the thing. If you know that you're, if you believe in who you are and you believe that everything happens for you and everything happens for a reason, then you have to trust that if you believe in God and you believe that there is a divine plan, making yourself wrong for choices you've made is just going against that. And if you're going to stand and judge yourself um, and make yourself wrong, then you're saying that God's creation is wrong. If we're going to look, even if you don't believe in God, you know, uh, whether you call it God, Allah, universe science you know source mama guy or whatever you want to call it this entity this energy you know like the thing is it's we like we make a choice on who we are when i was arrested i could have chosen to allow the police to bully me i could have allowed them to say that i was a bad mother i could allow them to say yes you're a willful you neglected your children i didn't neglect my children i trusted them And they knew I was trusting them. I also trusted the community because where we were was so idyllic. We were right by a lock. 
They filmed Downton Christmas, Ab Downton Abbey Christmas special at this castle. We were in the Castle Overflow car park. There's only one road where we were. I wasn't in a drug den, city centre location. We were in one of the most idyllic areas of Scotland. You know, like, hello, they would not sound, send a dowager and Lady Mary to this place if it was dodgy. Mm -hmm. Again, it's doing your own risk assessment. I could have allowed them to frighten me and I could have gone, oh dear, I am that person. And I could have allowed, I could have gone into shame and said, you know what, I'm not going to tell anybody about this because if I do that, then that makes, then I've got shame and I've got guilt. I'm not guilty for anything that they accuse me of. Was it willfully neglectful? No, I didn't neglect my children. I said to them, I'm going to be back in 10 minutes, stay in the car, keep because we'd got blacked out windows, you couldn't see in them and it was dark. Had, and I said, you know what, there's my phone. Um, sorry, there's the toilets um, and my phone. My, my partner at the time was with me and he only came with me so I didn't fall over because he knew I had to probably run and run my ankle over. But again... I made a risk assessment based on what I knew about myself, what I knew about my boys and how I had raised them. I made a risk assessment based on the work I've done in the world, the knowledge I have gained about the world and the risk assessment I did about the local area that we were in. I knew it was safe, but the police had different ideas. What did the police know about that area that the public didn't know? That was a big question. And I could have allowed all of that to make me a victim and I could have gone, you know what, well, I can't fight this case so I'm just going to let them do whatever. Um, I was building a business at that time. I was in the middle of writing a book um, and I was getting used to life as a single mum. And I could have allowed, and I was like, I'm not going to allow them to do this. They're not allowed to do this. So I started studying the law I studied criminal rights, criminal law, family law and human rights law. And I knew they were wrong. I knew the police were corrupt. And so I wrote a book about it because I knew that there were other women that were not strong enough, that didn't have the support system that I have, that don't have the intelligence that I have and don't have that dogged determination like a Jack Russell digging for a bone. I'm going to prove that I'm not in the wrong. If I'm in the wrong, I will be the first person to put my hand up and say, yep, I'm in the wrong. I did that wrong or I said that or I did that. I will be the first person at the queue ready to accuse myself because, believe it or not, I am my harshest critic. Um, yeah. But I was not going to allow them to bully me. I was not going to allow them to accuse me of something I hadn't done. I hadn't abandoned my children. I hadn't neglected them. I'd gone to find a castle uh, kiosk to find out how much the family ticket and the opening times were so that I could educate my children. I didn't do a McCann and drug my children and leave them at home every night under the age of four for two hours and go out for dinner. You know, very different situation. So how come the McCanns made 11 million out of their daughter's disappearance and yet nothing ever happened to them? Do you know what I mean? And it's about how we look at situations. 
And I know that some people will go, oh, you've mentioned the McCanns. Yeah, I mentioned them in my book as well. I called it all out. I looked at the bigger picture. You know, if I go for a shower, I'm gone for longer than 10 minutes just washing my hair. (laughs) that's really true shaving my legs adds another 10 minutes (laughs) 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 so it's you know no one knows how we raise our children no one knows what we've been through no one has the right to tell us that we are not allowed to be who we choose to be we get to choose definitely I would love to talk about your books a little bit you said this was the third book that you've written is about this story mm, um, do, you mind the line. <laughs> do you mind describing um or telling us a little bit about what your other books are based on and where we can go to find them so that we can read more about you and learn more from your story that would be lovely thank you mm-hmm. well my first crossing the line uh, all of my books show you how to um they're all memoir based but they're all about choosing yourself and going after whatever it is i also include a lot of how i set up all of my businesses how i tackle different uh things so my first book friday bridge is looking at the rural racism raving and religion so i mentioned in there about you know my raving days i mentioned in there what it was like choosing a religion that everyone hates um it talks about what it was like living in a rurally racist area and then marrying an Arab and then having everyone think that I chose Islam just because he was an Arab when it had nothing to do with him, what it was like setting up businesses. My second book, Wallahi, I came up with that idea. Um, I, I stood in the kitchen making dinner, I think, um, and I was muttering away to myself, listening to the news and then talking about what happened in Egypt. I'm, well, that's not true. I'm going to write a book and I'm just I'm going to write muttered to myself. My dog was stood, sat there beside me looking at me going, what are you talking about, mummy? Um, and I phoned my ex-husband. I went, right, I'm going to write a book. Can you have the boys for the next week? And he said, you what? I said, I'm going to write a book. I need you to look after the boys for the next week. Um and he just laughed because he knew what I, he, 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 I mean, he just got used to me coming up with ideas like that. See, exactly an idea. I'm going to write a book and I'm going to do it in a week. <laughs> I've got to get on and do it now. That was about the Egyptian uprising. That was about leadership in Egypt. That was all about cultural diversity and about what it was actually like as a white English woman to live out in Egypt throughout the uprising. But it was also about what it was like setting up a leadership and entrepreneurship organisation. It was about what it was like fulfilling a dream of becoming a teacher. What was it like fighting the school system out there? Um, and then crossing the line was all about what it was like going back to England, what it was like becoming a single parent and all of the judgments I had on myself, what it was like being arrested, studying, building a business, what all that was going on and then allowing myself to fall in love again and then being in a toxic narcissistic relationship with him. Um, and But throughout all of the books, it looks at self-leadership. It looks at um, self-development. And I have women that have read my books from all around the world saying, I've read your book again, um, or I've read this one again, or I've I've reread the whole trilogy. I needed to kick up the backside. Or, you know, because they are about female empowerment. They are about feminism. 
They are about going after everything that you've ever wanted, start to finish. They may not look like a personal development book or a how to start a business book, but they're real human stories. And I think the best recommendation I've had for my first book was this woman said to me, I was loving your book so much. I didn't know whether to put it down and go to the toilet or take the book with me. So I took the book with me and ended up finishing it on the toilet and I left the toilet an hour later. She just couldn't put my book down. I think that has got to be one of the best testimonials and reviews I've ever had. Definitely. Um, But if people want to get hold of a copy of the book or they want to know more about me, read the books, go to my website, which is dawnbates.com. On dawnbates.com, you can find all the different social media links. So you choose which one you prefer. So whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, um, subscribe to my blog. You can order all my books on there. And there's also, um, if women want to do work with me and they want to do the Phoenix Rising, um, that's the course I offer for women that are going through a transition or want to light a fire under their backside. Um, so, yeah. Beautiful. That's it. We will be putting that link in the show notes as well so that you can find it there. And um, it has just been an honor to have you on and to learn from you. And I really appreciate you reaching out and coming on the show. Uh, I've, I've learned so much. <laughs> I feel like I'm always saying this, but I've learned so much really, truly. And I'm so grateful to have you here today. Thank you for inviting me on. I know that, you know, it's uh what you're doing for other women is to be acknowledged, you know, to start a podcast, to find these women to come on and have these conversations. You know, you're putting yourself out there and I really acknowledge you for who you're being in this world, for your daughter, um, you know, um, for your family, for your mother, for all the women in your life and the women that uh, have not yet come across you. What you're doing, you know, is, is powerful and I really acknowledge you Carolee for standing up and speaking up and inviting people like me on your show so that we can help you and support you um, get your message out there so thank you I really appreciate you saying that it is definitely really scary I feel like everyone's starting a podcast lately but um, I definitely didn't start it just to jump on the bandwagon. There was a lot of thought that went into it. And it's, it's very scary. It can seem kind of trivial. but I, So I really appreciate you uh, saying that because it has definitely been a journey. And if nothing else, I have learned a ton and have really stepped more into myself from this experience. So thank you. Good thank on you. <laughs> You're welcome. And you know what? There might be lots of podcast owners out there, but every man and his dog these days is a coach. And How many hairdressers do you see down the high street and how many fast food chains are there? There is room for everybody. And your podcast may cover the same subjects as somebody else's, but no one else can be Carolee. No one else can bring to it the energy that you do. And, you know, there's room for everybody. I agree. That's something we all need to practice saying more often. There's There's opportunity for everyone in the world and there's enough opportunity for me. That's perfect. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. So thank you so much, my darling, for inviting me on today. I really do appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the Female Empowerment Podcast. I truly appreciate you being here, and I would love it if you shared this amazing episode with a friend. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me at brandingforwomen.com or send me a message on Instagram. My handle is at brandingforwomen. See you next time.